Hey, um, just moving on to some UK examples. So we, we, I think we've, you know, barrier-free was a term that was, was used. I think um, Kensington and Chelsea have used that term. Um, just to say a little bit about where these have been applied. They've been applied typically in, in um, what the Department for Transport tended to call mixed priority routes, which is a terrible term, but essentially means a street where lots of activity goes on. So you've got no priority, you've got mixed priority, cyclists, buses, pedestrians, shoppers, whatever. Um, and what was said was that um, um, they launched uh, um, some road safety. Um, but, oh sorry, this is a quote from the Joseph Rantry Foundation, just saying you know, for a long time we've undervalued our urban high streets. What's good about them is that they, they have a hinterland so people can walk to the shops there very sustainably. But because they also cater for passing traffic and through traffic, they sustain a greater range of shops than you would get just for that local community. So they get a better offer. So it becomes a more sustainable shopping centre through that. And we've kind of lost that. When we take our shopping centres offline, as we tended to do, then, then some of that is lost. So they can work really well, and we're kind of rediscovering uh, mixed-use streets. But they do have a great deal of problem in terms of road accidents. And, and, the, and the, the traditional response to dealing with the second problem is being put in lots of guardrail and signage and, and segregating traffic from pedestrians which that's maybe does have some safety benefits, but it destroys, it can destroy the first objective of creating an attractive shopping street. So there's a conundrum there. Um, as an example, I mean, Kensington High Street, I guess many of you know, was, was, a, was a, a, an early example of, of an urban design-led treatment of a mixed-use shopping street. Um, most of the guard railing was removed, the traffic lanes were simplified, cycle parking was put in the centre. So not really kind of shared space in the true sense of it, but, but certainly reducing the barriers and the segregation between, between traffic and, and, and pedestrians. Um, a lot of the crossings were straightened so that the, the, the chicanes, the, the sheet pens in the centre were taken out. So clearly making a much stronger um, um, relationship between the pedestrian route and the desire line that they are trying to follow. Um, and, it, and very successful. I mean, there's some debate about um, uh, cyclists maybe haven't benefited as much as other groups, but generally it can't be said that there's a, there's a major problem here, that, that generally uh, the um, results in terms of accidents on Kensington High Street are good and they're better than the rest of Kensington and they're better than London as a whole over the same period in terms of accident uh, reduction. But of course it didn't meet traditional highway design standards, but that was a decision that, that was taken at senior political level within the borough to, to make this change. That led the Department for Transport to um, embark on this research, which I was involved with for a, for a fairly short uh, space of time, what they call the Mixed Priority Route Demonstration Project. Not a very helpful title, but it, it, it was completed last, last year. They chose 10 demonstration sites across England, all busy urban high streets with accident problems. Uh, two, there are two in London, Walworth Road, Wandsworth Road, but it was decided that the, the DFT said we, we are going to tackle these through an urban design-led approach and a consultative approach. We're not going to tackle them through traditional road safety engineering. Um, and, and they've been really successful. Um, if you look at the, uh, the there's a, a, a report on this, which you may have missed, came out in October, Local Transport Note 308. Um, what it says is that um, they've all been successful. Um, substantial reductions in road safety. Um, between 24 and 60%. I mean, over, over a fairly short length of time for some of them, but nevertheless, indications are that they're all very successful. Um, in answer to the question that was asked earlier, 
they're all showing noise and air quality uh, improvements because of the, the, the reduction in the stop and start of traffic. If you reduce the, the number of times that vehicles accelerate, then obviously you're going to improve air quality. So they're better for the environment. Um, accessibility, um, there are more people cycling, more people walking, uh, more, more people with mobility impaired. They're feeling more confident. And uh, economic benefits too. You know, these are, these are more successful shopping streets as a result of this. Now, I think that's a pretty, pretty good outcome. You know, you can't do much better than that in terms of all the objectives that you might set for a street like that. So that seems to, seems to suggest that if you work with the grain of urban design and, and you have an urban design-led approach, uh, there's no conflict with road safety. You can achieve road safety and you can achieve, achieve all these other benefits as well.